Wisconsin's Afternoon News is on the air. Broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in beautiful downtown Milwaukee. Here's John McCure. All right. Hope you're having a pretty decent hazy Tuesday. So we decided the team, Sandy, Greg, and I, headed to the rooftop here. When it was really hazy out, we wanted to experience what it was like out here on a hazy, dangerously hazy Milwaukee afternoon. Here is that. This looks like a, I would describe like a marine layer sort of June gloom in Los Angeles. This is the first day that I can really feel it. I don't know about you guys, but I sense something different. I can smell it, too. I could smell it as soon as we walk up the stairs to the parking roof. It automatically gets you. My eyes are already starting to itch. It's like there's a big web of gauze all over the city. It doesn't look like fog. It used to to me, but it's like, no, this is definitely smoky haze. And we're on the rooftop. Buildings you can see, but yeah, no, I want to itch my, I want to rub my eyes right now, but I'm not. <laughs> the smell and taste. I can kind of, mm-hmm. kind of taste it too. When you look over our shoulder and you kind of see the, the skyline, and it's hard to see the top of some of the buildings where the flags usually fly. And you can kind of see it's like a wave almost of smoke just coming in. It feels like when you're in an airplane and you're starting to descend and you're through the lowest layer of the clouds, except this is a smoke cloud sitting right on top of us. I just can't get past the smell. I wasn't ready for the smell. I knew what it would look like, but you can smell it, feel it in my nose, feel it in my eyes. It's real. That's the biggest difference to me. So we took our dog for a walk last night. I could see some of this, but I didn't. I didn't sense it with any of my other senses. I, I saw what appeared to be kind of a hazy yeah. sky, but now I can smell it. And the, the, for me, even leaving my house this morning, I, I could sense it for the first time. But this is kind of remarkable, right? It's just like this perennial marine layer that just hangs over the entire city. And as far west as we can see, some of the biggest buildings in downtown Milwaukee are, are muted in their colors because of it's hard what's to in the air. Yeah, That's a perfect description, muted. We've just had a couple of cloudy, rainy days. And so the sun is shining brightly today, but I already noticed in my master bathroom, usually the sun is just streaming right in and it's very bright. And you could already tell that it was just like a muted, softer light. It's jacked up. Well, it's quite terrible. Yeah, right. I just it's messed checked. up. It's all screwed up, man. Yeah, is that a weather term? Jacked up? Jacked yes, up. it is. Yeah. I just checked IQair.com before we came up to the parking garage roof. 234. 180 is what it was this morning, and we were about to get into unhealthy. Yeah. So we are truly in dangerous air. We are silly. We are those meteorologists standing out in the hurricane. Yeah. Right now, we are those people like telling you, you know what? It's dangerous to be out here breathing. Let's go back inside. <laughs> right. Well, we talked to your daughter like, what, three weeks ago? She was in New York City. Right. And it was like this. It was about 300, I want to yeah. say. And they started yeah. canceling events and baseball yeah. games. Yeah. Like, we're not. It was like this. We're not that far off yeah. the from that. The sky isn't orange like it, like was, it was in New, New York, York. You're right. three weeks ago. But, but this is bad. We're bordering on it. Yeah, I'm not go. running in this. Let's go inside. No, That's for sure. No. I'm, I'm done with this. Stay safe. You want to see the video on our roof, go to my Twitter feed, at John Merck here, or the WTMJ Twitter feed. We've posted the video up there. Coming up, expert analysis, Langston Verdon is the founder of the Milwaukee Fresh Air Collective. We'll do traffic, and then Langston, live in the studio here on WTMJ. It's a little bit cooler out. I was hoping to turn the air conditioner off and open up the windows. I'll tell you what, that's not happening tonight. That would be a pretty bad idea. Joined in the studio by Langston Verdon. He is the founder of the Milwaukee Fresh Air Collective. Langston, thank you so much for joining us here. Absolutely. I appreciate the invitation to come and chat with you all. Try to give us some perspective. Your deal is fresh air, and you understand this stuff and the implication for people better than the rest of us. How bad is it? Give us some perspective. What does this mean? 
Yeah, it's it's really bad out. It's 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 unsafe, frankly. I, I think over the last few weeks, as we've been dealing with different uh, wildfire issues, I mean, this isn't new to us necessarily. This year, we've been managing it. Um, this is unlike anything we've we've seen uh, today. Today's uh, predicament that we're in, and as you were saying, when you guys were on the roof, you could taste it, you could smell it, it hit your throat and your eyes immediately. It's at the point right now where it's unhealthy for healthy people. Um, where in the previous weeks we really talked about, you know, if you're at risk or if you have folks with asthma or other respiratory conditions, make sure to take precautions. And, and really it's at the point right now where we all should be taking some precautions. What kind of things can you do inside the house, right? So you've, you've shut the windows, you maybe commit to not going outside the rest of the day, but is, is some of that air already in your house? Does it dissipate? So what can you do if you're just kind of stuck at home, you don't plan on going outside, but you want to make sure inside is also okay? Yeah, I, I think if you, if you have an air filter, now's the time to run it, right? If you have uh, you know, um, a whole house fan connected to your, your HVAC uh, system, now's the time to run it, to get that air uh, filtered in your home. If you don't, it's mostly safe just to keep the windows closed, keep the doors closed, stay inside. It's going to be safer inside than it is outside. Now, that's always different. You know, Milwaukee has a lot of old homes, a lot of leaking uh, doors and windows, things like that. And so if you're feeling um, like it's it's starting to attack your lungs in the home, it might be more safer to go somewhere else. If you can get to a community center, if you can get to a neighbor's home where it might be a little more safe for you. We're used to having cooling centers in great heat and warming centers in great cold, but this really is an unusual phenomenon. Is it anything you've seen before in different shades in other years? Yeah, so I've been monitoring air quality in Milwaukee level uh, in, in Milwaukee at the neighborhood level for about three and a half years, and this is the worst that I've seen it over a sustained period of time. The only other time in which I've seen it this bad, there was one time the first year of the pandemic, uh, the 4th of July, when all the, 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 the neighborhood um, fireworks were, were shut down and everybody's community did their own firework thing, where yeah. it was the guy on the corner who had an absurd amount <laughs> of fireworks. Right around that time is another time where we saw really, really unhealthy air um, that we're seeing right now. But the difference is that's gone after about four hours, right? That blows out. Yep. That's going to dissipate. This has been sticking with us uh, for the last few days, and it's looked like it's going to stay with us for uh, at least until Thursday. Langston Verdon is with us. He's the founder of the Milwaukee Fresh Air Collective. How dangerous is it for our pets? Yeah, I mean, you you want to uh, be mindful of your pets as well, right? They can't tell us that, um, you know, something's wrong uh, vocally, right? But you we all know our pets well, right? We know when they start breathing a little harder, they start, they might start uh, salivating, things like that. Keeping them outside uh, for a very limited amount of time would be what I would recommend is, you know, if you have a dog that has to go for a walk really quickly, come back in. My wife just texted me. They're supposed to go out to a, a friend of ours, Lake House tonight, do a little pontoon boat ride, a little cookout. She's saying, is, should that be off? Should we not do that? Yeah, if you can, <laughs> you know, delay that to the weekend, I, I would recommend it for sure. Tell us about the Milwaukee Fresh Air Collective. What do you guys do? Yeah, so um, this all started, ironically enough, with another wildfire. So when I started this organization, I was working in uh, asthma through uh, Children's Health Alliance Wisconsin. Saw some significant disparities as it relates to asthma in the Milwaukee area that couldn't necessarily be attributed to the normal factors that I would expect to see around uh, old housing stock and mold and, and things of those, those issues. Um, and so I started exploring 
what is the air like in these areas? And right around those Australian wildfires, I found a really cool map that showed me neighborhood level air quality at the local level in Australia. And so I reached out to that map maker and said, I've got a problem in Milwaukee. I need help figuring out. Can you help me? And so IQ Air has been a fantastic partner. They've donated over $15,000 worth of uh, air monitors, uh, air purification devices that I've then donated to, to child care centers um, in the Milwaukee area, as well as the back-end data infrastructure that allows us to collect all this information about the air quality, which we then use to analyze against um, healthcare utilization patterns and, and, and things of that nature. So we hear the air quality index approaching 300. What does that number mean? People don't know what the numbers mean. Yeah, the the, the system, the air quality index isn't a great system, frankly. Um, it, you know, we are used to these color-coded things, right? So luckily <laughs> right. it's connected to some colors, and, you know, as it gets redder and darker, we our, our, our fear sensation kicks in. And I think in this case that's appropriate. We should know that. Um, as the numbers are getting higher, it means it's getting unhealthier. Anything under 50 means the air is great for everyone. Go outside, have some fun. Whether you have uh, asthma, COPD, it's going to be good air quality for you. As it starts to go up in increments of 50 is, is how they describe worsening air depending on uh, your own personal needs. And, and like I said, we're at the point now where it's unhealthy for everybody. So, you know, you, you can you can throw that out the window in a lot of way because we just know point blank it's unhealthy. Yeah. Do your best to stay inside. I have to think this is affecting everyone who works outside. Farmers, postal workers, construction workers. Is there anything that you've heard in your research to do we get out the N95 masks? Is there anything to do to improve your experience outside if you have to be outside? Yeah, if you have to be outside, uh, wearing an N95 or better is is the way to go, especially if you have to be outside for an extended amount of time. Um, you know, if you can avoid that, fantastic. But, you know, simply putting a scarf around your face or, you know, one of the, the old surgical masks or one of the cloth masks is just not going to be enough. Having an N95 is definitely going to be the way to go. So one of our textures just said, and I saw the Bavarian soccer team outside practicing. What is the matter with people? Uh, yeah, there's a golf event in Madison, right? Or, uh, excuse me, in Stevens Point, Century World. They're all over the golf course. But if it's our children practicing soccer, why would you have your kids outside? Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not a good I, idea. I, I mean, I took a walk this morning before it got really bad, and it was maybe four blocks, and I turned around, and I was already feeling it in my throat. It's filling it in my eyes. Um and, and, you know, everybody's going to be a little different. Some of us are going to be a little more sensitive than others. Um, but, again, it's at the point where, where it, it's not great for, for any of us. And Langston, do you think there would be any long-term effects for being exposed to this kind of wildfire smoke, or is it really just short-term? Yeah, that, that's that's part of the, the, the unknown. I mean, you're definitely going to have some of the short-term effects for sure. Uh, and it's going to depend on how long this sticks around for us and how much exposure you have during that time. Um, so it's it's hard to answer that question uh, uh, directly, but I do know from um, physician colleagues of mine who uh, have already reported they're seeing more emergency department utilization um, over the last, I mean, really over the last month and a half as we've been dealing with this. But um, the even just over the last two days, they're seeing upticks uh, in the emergency department and patients just calling and saying, you know, I've got a itchy throat and I'm just not feeling good. And, you know, it, it's going to affect everybody differently. 
Langston Verdon is the founder of the Milwaukee Fresh Air Collective. Thank you so much. We appreciate it, Langston. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Wisconsin's Afternoon News on WTMJ. Yeah, people boarding airplanes in record numbers for the 4th of July holiday. Record-breaking travel volumes expected this weekend in cars and on airplanes. Traditionally, Americans tend to travel for the 4th of July in the vehicle. That's according to AAA. This year, they're going to be doing a lot of that, but in record numbers, they're also going to be getting on airplanes. More than ever, previous record was in 2019, right before the pandemic. We have been growing, growing, growing every year. Then the pandemic struck and this year's numbers are set to surpass 2019. I'll be on an airplane tomorrow. Hopefully that nasty smoke doesn't stop anything I want to do. Uh, you're actually going north, which is interesting. You, you can't do that too much and stay in the United States. So yeah, <laughs> that's, that's very interesting. Alaska. I'm on an airplane to Alaska from uh, O'Hare to Alaska. And uh, interestingly enough, I just looked this up in Canada, Alaska, that area. They don't have a problem with the wildfire smoke, which is... Good. Coming from Canada. I was going to say take a deep breath, which I hesitate to say today, but uh, take a deep breath. Thursday is expected to be that worst day at the airports. Yeah, it's going to be bad. And then well, Friday that tomorrow's is the Wednesday. Worst. I'm so sorry. Yep. Well, I, but today things, is Tuesday. Friday is the worst driving day. And, and things are being compromised, right? Heat, weather, wildfire, smoke. I mean, you name it. That's not helping. Plus when flooded I, airports around the country. And when I flew back from my vacation earlier in June, I was delayed by hours in JFK because that's when New York was experiencing yep. the terrible wildfires. So that haze can affect air travel. Yeah, and it's going to be bad. Again, tomorrow by Thursday, it's supposed to settle down. So we'll see, hopefully. Right, AAA so you're says, getting the jump on the busy day. That's right. AAA says 3 million Americans also will travel by bus, cruise, or train. So I'm going to be on an airplane, a cruise ship, and a train. There you, there you go. go. The trifecta, huh? Sounds like a movie. I'm yeah. staying here, so I'm not even doing the car. So you're you're taking care of my average. That's right. I'm helping you out. Uh, definitely look ahead. Over 2,000 flights delayed in the U.S. just today. A lot of those on the East Coast, but uh, keep an eye on that. I do find it interesting that it's a heavy driving holiday. I, I've never figured out why. Is it because it's summer months and kids yes. are out of school and you just They're going to get north. in the car and go People somewhere? Going up north, going to the lake, go going to, to their lake? cottage. Yeah. Drive out to a I state think. park. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's a typically, if you're scheduling right, you've got a long weekend. So if you drive a couple of hours to someplace, hang out for a couple of days, and then drive back. Yeah, it's kind of easy. That'd be the car travel. You going anywhere? 855-616-1620. Let us eavesdrop on your holiday plans. <laughs> 855-616-1620 is the old National Bank talk and text line. What are your plans? What do you got going on? 855-616-1620. I'm looking. It doesn't look like. I can't see any delays out of O'Hare today. Um, They do have issues, air quality issues in Chicago as well, although it's not as bad as it is here in Wisconsin. Uh, What about at Mitchell? Are there any delays out of Mitchell today? I have not heard any reports on that, so it leads me to believe that there's not. It's just been a round of thunderstorms, tornadoes, and we talk about the smoke and wildfire. Like, just there's a lot of strange weather occurrences in different parts of our country right now that could be screwing stuff up. Uh, there are delays at our airport. I'm on the board live right now. Uh, flight to New York is delayed. Flight to New York is canceled. Flight to Boston is delayed. Flight to New York, another one is canceled. Another flight to Boston later in the day is delayed. East Minneapolis Coast. delayed. 
But most everything else is on time, including all the flights between Milwaukee and Chicago. Well, if, you need to, if you need to drive number. to Anchorage, Johnny might want to get a head start. <laughs> I was going to ask you if you'd take me. I can. <laughs> uh, oddly, I would. I actually I, would. I know you would. I would actually. drive road there. trip. I, I would do whatever you yeah. need. The John and Greg road trip. I'm in on that. You come too, Sandy. That yes, bring a snacks. Movie to be made. Yeah, uh, Debbie wants in. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. <laughs> you need Debbie. Say, that She'll would be tell a movie you. to be made. The Greg yeah. and John road trip. And you need Debbie. Like She'll tell you what the traffic is going to be. A lot of Toto and snacks. Yeah, a lot of Toto and Twizzlers. <laughs> Toto on the soundtrack. Beef yes. jerky. Yes. Really? Yeah. Hold the line. <laughs> I get yeah, it. Yeah, let's do Sunday it. Sunday was David Pace's birthday. So. Oh, didn't know that. <laughs> Very nice. It's 443 at WTMJ. Dr. John Raymond with us live in the studio. We'll ask him about the impacts of all this smoke from the wildfires. That's up next. <laughs> Dr. John Raymond is the president and CEO of the Medical College of Wisconsin. It's time for the Milwaukee Health Briefing. Dr. Raymond, thanks for joining us in the Good studio. Good afternoon, John. All right, we're going to ask you about the smoke in just a second, but we are just talking about travel, and the CDC is advising international travelers to be vaccinated against the measles. What's this all about? Yeah, they are. You know, measles um, was declared um, no longer endemic in the U.S. in 2000, primarily because of vaccination. But we've had periodic outbreaks associated with international travel since then. And what they're advising is if you're unsure of your vaccination status, if you don't know whether you've had measles in the past, you should get a vaccination before you travel internationally. Measles, also called rubiola, is extremely contagious and can have um, really bad um, health outcomes for people that are not vaccinated. And it's so contagious that if you get it and someone's in the room with you, even for a very brief period of time, they're 90% likely to contract measles. So there are more unvaccinated people who haven't had measles in the U.S. than you might expect. Um, so this is advice, again, limited to people that don't know their vaccination status and aren't sure whether they've had measles before. Or they're sure they haven't had either. Are there outbreaks or issues somewhere in the world that is leading to this? Yeah, uh, there are periodic outbreaks in highly traveled international destinations like London and New York. There was an outbreak here in the U.S. and Ohio also recently. So it can happen. Dr. Raymond, we got a, a little education from Langston Verdon from the Milwaukee Fresh Air Collective about air quality and what the different numbers mean and trying to make sense of it all. But what are the exposure risks? I, I know that the idea is to stay inside. If you can't, if you don't have a mask, if you're outside, it's part of your daily job, whatever the case may be, what are the, the exposure risks? Yeah, um, so those at risk are the elderly that may not have good cardiopulmonary reserve, people with asthma, like myself. Um, and young children whose lungs are still developing, exposure to the soot, the particulate matter, and perhaps to some of the oils in the conifers or the pine oils um, can be toxic to the lungs. And we've got very, very high levels of, of all of that right now. Um, so people with congestive heart failure, atherosclerotic heart disease, lung disease, kids and the elderly can have acute problems um, from from exposure to wildfire smoke, but also long-term problems as well for kids. So the, and I'm sure the advice was stay indoors, keep your doors and windows closed. If you're in your car, turn on the air conditioning for recirculation and not to bring in fresh air and to minimize your outdoor time. Um, if you are at risk, you can wear a mask, preferably an N95. It doesn't need to be an unvented N95. You can use a vented N95 like you would get it up at a hardware store um, to sort of minimize your exposure to the toxins in the smoke. 
So related to that, a texture, Dr. Raymond from the 414, says, I've been hearing that even for healthy people, this is unhealthy. Does that mean healthy people could get sick, hospitalized, or have long-term effects? What does it mean? Yeah, thanks. Really great question. Probably the effects are limited to the short term, but the irritation that you can get in your bronchial tree can make you more susceptible to getting viruses or bacterial infections, upper respiratory and lower respiratory tract infections. So there is a risk really for everybody. Dr. Raymond, I read a headline that took me aback. The headline was more than 1.3 billion people will have diabetes by 2050, according to some researchers. And how serious is this realization? Yeah, that, that's a pretty astounding number. Yeah. Um, and what that means is that the burden of diabetes in the world could double in the next 30 or so years. Um, and so right now, one in 10 people worldwide have diabetes mellitus or sugar diabetes. And there are about 7 million deaths every year attributed directly to the um, complications of of diabetes. There was a recent study in The Lancet that said that the burden would double. And so there are two types of diabetes. What they're really talking about is type 2 diabetes, which is generally associated with older people, insulin resistance, and obesity, um, as opposed to type 1 diabetes, which generally happens in kids and adolescents. Type 1 diabetes is uh, a shortage or a deficiency of insulin. Pancreas simply stops making it. Type 2 diabetes, 96% of the cases, older people, obesity, resistant to insulin. So your insulin levels can be normal or high, but your tissues don't respond to insulin. And so that can lead to a lot of vascular complications, end-stage renal disease, strokes, heart attacks, and general um, bad health. Is diabetes 2 something you're just genetically predispositioned for, or are there ways to prevent getting it? Yeah, thank, thank you, Sandy. Great question. Yes, there are pre- genetic predispositions to getting type 2 diabetes, but the most important thing that we can do is try to prevent it, and that is to keep your weight down um, and to exercise. Yes, we have medications, and there are more coming. Ozempic is one that we've talked about before um, that are very helpful, but the best thing that, that people can do is try to prevent that. Dr. John Raymond, President and CEO of the Medical College of Wisconsin, is with us here on WTMJ. So for a long time, many people have been taking an aspirin a day to prevent heart disease. Is an aspirin a day always the right move? You need to consult with your doctor first to get the answer to that I just question. did. Okay. Just kidding. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Thank you. But, you know, uh, 40% of adults over the age of 60 take aspirin, usually in low dose, like 82 milligrams, to try to prevent either strokes or heart attacks. Um, what we've learned, though, is that's not for everybody. Um, it's, it's actually better for secondary prevention if you've already had an episode than it is for primary prevention. And there are some risks with taking even low-dose aspirin. And there was a recent study published in the Annals of Internal Medicine that followed 18,000 people in the U.S. and Australia for five years. And what they looked at was whether aspirin made them more predisposed to have anemia. And the answer was yes. There was a 20% increase in anemia in people that were taking low-dose aspirin. So like any medication, there are risks and benefits. The anemia probably is related to some gastrointestinal irritation, bleeding, maybe either from the stomach lining or from diverticulitis. Um, But still, that's an issue that needs to be taken into consideration by your doctor, 
for your specific conditions. Because one of the side effects for aspirin can be upsetting your stomach, right? It can be, but bleeding is the one that we worry that about. That we worry about. about. the most. Uh, all right, Dr. Raymond, what is your good news of the week? Come on, spring it on us. We need yeah, something. Th- this is going to sound weird, but um, there was a recent study that suggested that a substance that is found in hairy moles, which we normally don't want to have, they're very um, unflattering <laughs> right. looking, um, called osteopontin, can actually drive um, the production of hair follicles huh. um, through stem cell activation. And so there's this idea that the 50 million men in the U.S., or the 30 million women in the U.S. who have male pattern baldness Craig. or androgenic <clears throat> alopecia might have a new treatment. Oh, a hairy mole, man. So you're you're right, telling me right. I got a chance. Right. You have a chance, Craig. Thank you. So I just Thank need to you. put a bunch of hairy moles in my head and I'll be in good shape. how this works? Or use osteopont. Oh, okay. Very good. I'll <laughs> do that. One. Obviously, early stage, though, it's just an idea, <laughs> but it, it makes sense. That's good news. It is. That's good news. Oh, you look you look very good bald. I tried to grow it. Didn't work. Yeah. I, I agree. That, You're it, very distinguished looking. I think you. the hairy moles are playing at Summerfest this year. Yes. <laughs> yes. That would be a I'm good rock fan. <laughs> they are opening for lung butter. Dr. John Raymond is the president and CEO of the Medical College of Wisconsin. Always good to have you here. Thank you, Dr. Thanks, Raymond. Thanks, John, Sandy, and Greg.